The Eighth Habit by Stephen R. Covey. One sentence summary. The Eighth Habit is about finding your voice and helping others discover their own, in order to thrive at work in the information age where interdependence is more important than independence. My favorite quote from the author is, People simply feel better about themselves when they're good at something. Stephen R. Covey. One of the major points in Stephen R. Covey's global bestseller, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, was that in today's day and age, working together has become more valuable than competing with one another. Back in the industrial age, when work was mostly physical, differences in individual people's productivity were marginal, as no one man could cut 100 times the logs more per day than another. But now that we live in the information age, where knowledge is our main skill, a great programmer can indeed be thousand times more valuable than an average one. In this 2004 addendum book, Stephen R. Covey shares with us how we can set up ourselves and others for success in the working world by cultivating the eighth habit, finding your voice and inspiring others to find theirs. Here are the three lessons I've learned about it. 1. Your freedom to choose is the biggest gift you were born with. 2. Build trust by being friendly, knowing when to say sorry, and following through on your promises. 3. Empower others by giving up control and handing them responsibility. Do you want to set yourself up for a successful career in a post-industrial age world? Then let's cultivate the 8th habit together. The 8th habit lesson 1. There's no bigger gift you've been born with than the ability to choose. This answers the question, what is the best trait that we as humans are lucky enough to have? In order to help others find their voice, you first have to find your own, obviously. Stephen Covey says how fast you'll be able to do that depends on how well you use the gifts you've been given at birth. There are many advantages we're born with, just because we're humans. But according to Stephen, the by far biggest one is this. You are free to choose how you react to any and every situation in life. Unlike plants who can't move, or animals whose life is just a series of instinctual knee-jerk reactions, we as humans get to choose our next action. We can't control what happens to us, but we sure as hell can decide how we'll react to it. So whether that next step is a step up or down is entirely up to you. If someone treats you badly, be it your boss or a friend, if people try to peer pressure you into doing things, it is up to you to give into it, to do something about it, or to walk away. However, freedom of choice isn't the only enabling factor in finding your voice. Covey also talks about the four kinds of intelligence. First, physical intelligence, which is your body's ability to function mostly on autopilot, without conscious direction. Second, mental intelligence, what you would call IQ. Third, emotional intelligence, which is about empathy and what's sometimes called EQ. And fourth, spiritual intelligence, which is your own moral compass, your true north star, the thing that drives your life's meaning. Recognizing these powers you have and playing with, how you use them is the first step towards finding and capitalizing on your unique powers at work. Then it's all about communicating them to others. The eighth habit, lesson two. Be nice, apologize when you have to, and deliver on what you promise to build trust. This answers the question, what are some of the simplest ways we can build a good reputation? 
Communicating with others comes easiest when your relationship is built on trust. The more you trust in one another, the more things you'll feel comfortable saying, the more you think about each other's words, and the more likely you are to accept them. Think about this in the concept of business, and you can easily see why trust is one of the most important things for CEOs to work on. It determines the speed with which you can execute, and therefore your company's success overall. Covey says that trust is built in three ways. 1. Stick to your word. If you promise something, follow through. 100% of the time. Not sure if you'll make it? Then don't promise it. Whatever comes out of your mouth, back it the fuck up every time. 2. Be nice. So simple, yet so powerful. Just be friendly. Say thank you, please, and how can I help you? Avoid gossip and stay positive. These things don't cost a thing, but go a long way. And three, say sorry when you have to. We all screw up. The best thing by far you can do when that happens is to instantly acknowledge it and just say sorry. However, trust isn't a one-way street. It's not just built by you being trustworthy to others, but also by you handing out trust yourself. How do you do that? The eighth habit, lesson three. Give up control and hand others responsibility to empower them. This answers the question, what is the second part of building trust with other people? One of the strongest ways to empower others is to just hand the power to them, literally. That doesn't mean you should let the intern run the business, but always keep extending the responsibility and control your employees have over their work. For example, if you run a cleaning workforce, let them decide what cleaning products to use, what gloves to wear, what vacuum devices to try, how to plan their schedule, and so on. Having the freedom to make these important decisions about their work will make them feel a lot more motivated and of course help them trust in your future decisions. By the way, this applies to friendships too. Ask your friends for help, trust them to do their part and see how your relationship grows. Here's what I learned from The Eighth Habit by Stephen R. Covey. I want to talk about competition in the workplace. I want to add some words to being friendly and, and knowing when to say sorry and basically having good manners. And I want to talk a little more about the four kinds of intelligence. Let's get started with Competition. So competition. Uh, I realized this from running a blog, basically. Um, there are... In blogs, blogging is a very competitive space, or at least it's considered a very competitive space, because there are, I think, 200 plus million blogs online. Uh, there's over a billion websites online, most of which are dead, by the way, and not getting any traffic. There are, I think, 3 million blog posts written every single day. That's like two per second or something like that. Um, so there's tons and tons of content, right? So it's incredibly competitive. So how, how do you stand out? Well, the truth is there is, never, there is never a lack of demand for unique voices. So as long as you're unique and you tell your own story, you're not competing with anyone online because... You are different, right? You put your own spin on things. There can be 150 different blogs about muffins as long as the people are 
all talk about muffins in their own unique way, right? And there will be people following all 150 different blogs if the blogs are great and the people put effort into the content and so on. So this whole competition thing, it's really negligible, right? I mean, not everyone can be in the top 10 Google results for every keyword, but there are so many keywords and so many Google searches. And by the way, just half the world is online at this point. So about 50% of all people are still not online. I mean, imagine that there's huge, in, a huge influx of more people to the internet every single day. So you can really, and, and that transpires through everything, basically, this whole, if your mindset is competition and rubbing elbows and trying to be better than the other guy, that's not going to get you far unless you're in a sports competition, right? So obviously there are certain uh, frames of, of uh, certain rules and certain frames and certain situations where competition makes sense for, for the sporting, uh, sporting spirit of it and so on. But if you really think like competition is a mindset uh, in, in, in the world in general that will get you super, super far, it's really not, right? If you give more credit, if you give credit to the other guy, even though everyone knows you're better than him or her, um, and so on, this will always shine through. Like in the end, this always sort of wins, this sort of nice spirit. Which brings me to the second lesson about being nice. So... Um, I recently, a couple of weeks ago, made a new Twitter header and I, j I put one of my core philosophies on there to just remember it all the time. And it's very simple. It's, it's one of the few principles, basically, if you want to put it that way, that I'm trying to live my life by. It's work hard, be nice, win. Right? I think if you take those two together, working hard, being nice, you will win. I think I really believe that's true. That's all you have to do. You have to put in effort. You have to work hard. You have to give your best every single day and be nice along the way. Don't treat people like shit. Uh, don't ask stupid questions. Don't try to throw anyone under the bus. Uh, say sorry. Stick to your words. Be nice. Ask how you can help. Do stuff for free and so on. I really believe in all that crap. <laughs> um, I really believe in all that. As long as you're nice, uh, you are going to get your way. I think karma is real too. That's another factor. Um, and I wish more people would do it, if I'm honest. Uh, there's still like way too many people thinking being nice doesn't get you what you want. But I really believe that. So work hard, be nice, win. If you want to know one of my core philosophies about life in a nutshell, like that will be one. Work hard, be nice, win. Lastly, <clears throat> the four kinds of intelligence. I don't know where James Altucher got his from because he keeps talking about physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, which is exactly the kinds of the four kinds of intelligence mentioned here. The same kinds of energy are mentioned in a book called The Power of Full Engagement. So I think he took his model from either there or this book. But what he tries to do, and that's actually kind of cool and a worthy pursuit, I think, is to improve 1% in all of these four areas every single day. So he looks at his physical health, like, am I eating healthy? Am I sleeping enough? Am I getting some exercise? Checking that box. Uh, he's doing something for his mental health. He comes up with ideas. You could do a crossword. You could do writing. You could do all kinds of things. But are you stimulating your brain? Are you doing something productive? Are you doing something that won't leave your brain cells bored? Emotional intelligence, are you surrounded by people you like? Um, do you make an effort to practice empathy, to understand uh, your enemy's quote-unquote side, your, their perspective? Um, 
spiritual intelligence? Do you have some kind of higher uh, purpose in your life? Some kind of reason, some kind of bigger meaning, some big picture idea that you're following? What are your values, your true North Star? North Star? Is it honesty? Uh, is it some kind of charity work you want to do? Think about all that stuff. I think that's a cool model. You can look it up. It's James Altridge's The Daily Practice. If you Google that, you will find it. Um, yeah, so I hope those provide some nice talking points for Stephen Covey, uh, The Eighth Habit. Hope you enjoyed. And I, we will listen or hear each other on another summary. <laughs>